Hello and welcome to the latest from Heart Standard. My name is Joel Sked and I am joined by my colleague James Kearney. How's it going, James? Yeah, I'm very well, thanks. Very well. How are you getting on? Yeah, good, thanks. Good, good. Uh, I am. Um, apologies to those, um, if there's any anyone waiting for us to start, it's uh, uh, 4.45 on the dot. Uh, we were slightly late because I was uh, walking uh, walking a dog, so uh, I just... Just got back like just these these things happen. So we were jumping on to our the plan is to talk about the January transfer window. Obviously, last week was more about the Livingston, so looking at the Livingston game, looking after the Livingston game, and then looking ahead, looking kind of back at the season as a whole. We were a week into the January transfer window, so I thought it may be worthwhile just getting together and kind of looking at the state of play just now, kind of what we expect to happen. So I suppose where shall I start? I sent you a message of all the stuff we're going to uh, discuss and we will start by, we'll start by talking about Lauren Shanklin because we've not talked about him enough. I don't, I don't feel, but uh, you put a piece on the website today, a really good piece looking at why hearts cannot really afford to to sell them and it was good to see some of the reaction just kind of like it, it painted the maybe painted the picture for people outside of uh, of hearts or not a hearts fan where they go okay these these are the reasons why hearts would be so reluctant to sell them and these are the reasons why he would cost so much whereas i would imagine there's rangers fans out there uh, or other pundits um thinking oh rangers could probably get them for about three million yeah, that's the thing. You hear people saying that, you know, whether they pundits or people on Twitter or wherever it might be, and you just kind of go, "What are you talking about, man? Like that's no, that's nowhere near. That's nowhere near what you're, what you're going to need." Yeah. So, as you say, I mean, it's stuff we've touched on before, but things like you know the, the amount of money that Hearts are getting from just being in Europe if they finish third, provided that Celtic Rangers win the cup, or Hearts indeed. Um, in that case. Well, yeah, um, that's a lot of money. That's the starting point of negotiations. I think it was about £5 million there thereabouts that the club made from the run in Europe last season. It was a lot of money. And then that's before you even factor in just how important and how good Shankland is. The fact that he's outscored everyone in Scotland since he's been here. You know, he's um, on track to become the first Hearts player since Robertson to get 20 goals in back-to-back seasons. He's <clears throat> on track to become the fastest player to hit 50 goals for Hearts since the Second World War. <laughs> I mean, you know... And it's something I kind of touched on in a piece, but you know, nowadays when you speak to Hearts fans about him, you know, he's getting speak to, spoke about in the same vein as people like Scatcho and even Robertson. And okay, obviously they've got the longevity thing, particularly Robertson. Obviously, he's done it over a longer period, but mm. that's the level of performance that Hearts fans have been seeing from Shanklin now for a long time. And you know, that that's the context to which it had this whole um, like situation has to be seen within the fact that this isn't just you know a good player. Who's you've got eighteen months left in this deal, and uh, maybe you can get him for a few million. Like, no, this is like this season's a one opportunity where you can get guaranteed guaranteed cash in the bank for finishing third, like some serious money. It's the one, mm-hmm. it's the last chance we're going to have for a while. And also, Shankland is a once in a generation Hearts player. You know, yeah. you, you need to, you need to set your bids accordingly. And I'm sorry, three million pounds is just a joke. And <laughs> I think that's it's a big thing is the optics as well about uh, Hearts. Hearts won't want to can. Be seen to be selling a player on the cheap, someone's so important. Yeah. I think it would probably send out a bad message. But also the 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 thing about Shanklin is the, the more we've been thinking about it, and the you, you see people saying, "Oh, wouldn't wouldn't pay uh, pay him for his his age? He has no resale value." But at the same time, it's like you're not with 
are you selling Shanglin to then sell on selling on sell him on again? You're not. You're 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 buying Shanglin to guarantee you goals, and that's what he does. It's not like he's going. Oh no, his pace is going to drop off um, when he's 33, 34. Mm. He's, he doesn't rely on his pace. He's only. I think he's only going to get a better, more intelligent. He'll probably um, kind of switch a role. We can play as a number ten. So I don't. I, I don't subscribe to that. That feeling that uh, kind of that. <sighs> Um, the line of thinking where you think, oh no, I would. Um, but, he, he but wouldn't the one I would say though is sort of kind, but just to quickly say, like there are some clubs though where that will be a factor. I mean, the one, the big one I'm thinking about is someone like Celtic, where you know they they might well be interested. In, you know, they're one of the clubs that have been linked with Shankland, but are they honestly going to spend five, six, seven million pounds? On a player who they're not going to get any money back on, that's not what they do, you know. Yeah, like, I, I, very rare, you know. Like, okay, there's, there's the odd example here and there, you know, guys like. Maybe something like Christopher Julian, even though I'm mm. sure they're hoping to make something back. But you know, they don't spend that kind of money on any player really, and particularly not ones where it's guys who, you know, they're not gonna flip for 10, 15, 20 million in a few years' time. Yeah, I, I completely understand that. I'm really not trying to I really don't want to uh, want him to uh, try to uh, sell him or push to sell him or well, don't want to see <laughs> want, want to see him go. But you, you, you think that you, you sign them, you're, if, for example, if you're Rangers Celtic, you're pretty much guaranteeing yourself 30 goals a season for the length of his the length of his contract. Uh, hopefully, the uh, hopefully he he stays at Hearts and continues to continues to score goals. My prediction: this is I've got. There's no inside knowledge here. This is just uh, this is just uh, a, a gut feeling that he will will extend his deal and the. Get a deserved pay rise, and then have a reasonable sell-on clause. Uh, but that's um, that's just a gut feeling. That's that's not really based on anything. But that's uh, that's that's my prediction for it. Yeah, no, I mean, for what it's worth, I don't think it will go in January, just because, I think, you know, as I kind of pointed out my piece, like the Hearts board are in a real position of power here. You know, they've got mm-hmm. they hold all the cards here. You know, there's no incentive to sell. There's no reason to sell. They've got every reason not to. Yeah. So, you know, they're in, a, they're in a position of real strength. In the summer, whether he signs an extension or not, that's not going to be the case anymore. All of a sudden, he's going to have 12 months left in his deal if he sticks about. Um, and then, obviously, at that point, he, he probably does end up moving on for a substantially smaller fee. But as we've touched on, like it's just it's worth it. You know, the, it's, it's, you know, you don't have to have an economics degree to see that you know, if you keep that guy and finish third, that's worth the five, six million, whatever it is, you know. So, yeah, I, I think that... I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised though. I think you're right. I wouldn't be surprised if he ended up signing an extension, but with a with a release fee in it, that then somebody in the summer maybe comes in for him. But that would be a lot. That'd be far less disruptive than losing a mid season. Anyway, I think, I think as, as every Hearts fan knows, if if Shankun goes, so does third. Let's be honest. It's yeah, yeah. It's I mean, it's realistically the third would be far would be difficult. Because I think even just like the. Um, the mentality, the knock on, like whether it's a squad or the fans as a whole, because you never know. Tarts could turn around and bring someone in, and they could they could hit the ground ground running, or uh, Liam Boyce could come back and take on the mantle as number nine. But again, he's he's not during his Hearts career, he's not been nearly as reliable in front of mm. as 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 Lauren Shanklin's. But it's, there's, a lot, it's all, there's a lot of if buts and maybe's in there. Yes, yeah. you, you took the words, you took the words right out my uh, right out my mouth. Um, yeah, uh, Rangers can do one regards uh, regards Shankland as if they were to sign a foreign player as good as him, they would need to pay around twelve million pounds. Uh, says uh, Paul Wilson. And again, I think that's uh, that's that's a good point in that the there is I think there's all kind of been a snobbery around um, around Rangers Celtic signing players from 
Scotland, and I think that probably uh, that filters yeah. down. That filters down through uh, through through Scottish football. So, but yeah, I think that uh, Paul makes a, a very good point. Mm. We'll move just on. To remind everyone as well that Celtic spent was it three and a half million pounds on Albion Ajeti? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. There you go. <laughs> I mean, I've got, I've got the, I've got a list of, I've got a list of signings made by clubs this, uh, uh, this, this summer, and you look at some of the fees that uh, Celtic paid. So, Mike Nauroki, four million pound. Gustav Lagerbielke, three million pound. Odin Thiago Holm, young Nor- uh, Norwegian guy, two and a half million pound. Yang Chan Yun, two million pound. Um, and then Rangers. I mean. Danilo, five million has been all right. Cyril Dessers, four million. Sam Lammers, four million. So yeah, be realistic, guys. Uh, Shankland is. Um, uh, you look at some of the, the fees they paid there. Shankland may be worth it all uh, in uh, all of them put together. Uh, we'll move on to talk about spoken enough about Shankland. So we'll move on to let's go. I've seen a few comments. Uh, let's talk about Jan Dander. Obviously, Barry Anderson reported, I think it was on Sunday evening, yeah, Sunday, Sunday evening, that Hearts were looking at a possible deal for Jan Dander, uh, which makes you think they are looking for uh, a deal for Jan Dander. It's, um, it's something that I think a lot of Hearts fans probably agree with. There's a lot of talk about him after the Ross County game. Scored a stunning free kick. He's a very good player. He's out of contract at the end of the season in Ross County. He is, when you look at the players who have got six months left in the deal in the Premiership, he's definitely one that stands out and you go, yeah, that's a, that's the type of player that Hearts should be targeting because we've talked about it before. Uh, someone mentioned, um, I think it was uh, Drew Kevin, um, Armstrong for Kamarnock. The, the thing about Armstrong from Kamarnock is that He's under contract, and like Hearts of Shankland, Kilmarnock will drive a very hard bargain, especially for teams in the league. And Joe Savage said at the AGM that Kelly would be looking for seven figures. I think there was interest in him in the summer from European teams, and it was a decent six-figure fee as soon as you add in. Um, his form this season and Hearts coming in from you're looking seven figures so he's probably a wee bit unrealistic whereas where I think Hearts can do good business is by looking at players who are in the final six years of their six sorry six months of their deal in Scotland and looking at a pre-contract agreement no exactly I mean looking at Danda I think it's no massive surprise I think that he ticks a lot of boxes I think it's a move that suits everyone and I think particularly the the fact that it's a pre-contract agreement makes a lot of sense as well. Like like you say, there are other areas of the squad that are in more kind of urgent need of bodies in, particularly right wing back. You know, maybe again, maybe another striker. Right now, there are two playmakers in the squad, Alex Lowry and George Grant, to fulfill one position, and both actually do are doing a pretty good job and you compare them to the rest of the other creative players in the league. They are statistically really quite good. Okay, yes, they can be inconsistent. They absolutely can, but particularly with Lowry's case, some games he's brilliant, some games he's just miles off it. But, you know, that, that hole in the squad is already filled and it's going to be filled till the end of the season. And it's only the end of the season when, obviously, Lowry's almost certainly going to back to Rangers permanently. And then Grant might well leave. You know, we know that last summer he came close to leaving. He might well want, an, he's still got another year in his contract, but, you know, he might, well, want a new challenge, it wouldn't be a huge surprise. So yeah, it's a position that there's going to need reinforcements in the summer. And I think the Danda just fits the bill perfectly. I was looking into some of the stats earlier on because I'm a nerd and that's what I want to do. And um, you're writing a piece for tomorrow. And you're writing a piece for tomorrow as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, 
but you know when you look at things like his expected assists um so that's kind of like it measures how good a chance is even if it well doesn't go in the back of the net um so he's got the fourth highest expected assists per 90 of any player in the league the only players ahead of him are lewis palma danny armstrong that man again and uh, and david turnbull he's um, that's good company that's very good company no yeah he's doing very well um you know in terms of things like um his key passes per game he's got the sixth highest rate again of any player in the league again this is playing for a ross county team that are not good um, and they have been struggling and you know he's been doing it consistently over the last year and a half since he's a, since he first p- uh, pitched up in Dingwall and then even things like his deep progressions which are successful passes or dribbles into the final third as we know that's something that Hearts have been crying out for at times you know someone who can carry the ball forward or pass the ball forward and you really can't break the lines again he's one of the best performing players in the league in that regard there's only five uh, players in the entire league who don't play for the old firm who are doing it more so again just all these things just shows like yeah he ticks a lot of boxes he makes a lot of sense but there's also no, no need to rush and do it just now you know yes you could maybe pay some money and get the deal done in january but then you've got three players vying for one spot it's probably a bit excessive and then also it's probably just a waste of money as well when you think that there are other areas of the squad where there, again that money could be better spent and you you know like a right wing back for instance so you'd like to see you'd like to think it sits them so i think it sits danda and that he gets his move i think it sits nate smith and that he addresses the problem in the squad and also um like takes a deficiency out of his team the fact that they aren't creative enough in midfield it sits hard it sits the hearts board because they don't have to spend much cash <laughs> it sits the ross it sits ross county as well because they get to hold on to a key player until the end of the season so yeah i mean for what you know traditionally this time of year kind of tends to be silly season for uh in, in football but this is a remarkably sensible move for, like, for everyone involved and yeah i think it makes a lot of sense yeah so a couple of a couple of things on that is like the, the, the really encouraging stats and that's he's he probably he's, he's those stats reflect better than on the, the the season he was having but i do know he's he's, he's an excellent player i think ian uh Lobin says the is probably says it best like forest last season it's an entirely risk-free signing this is a guy who's been in the league uh he knows the league he's proven himself at a kind of lesser club um and then and then um like free use uh used to league and fills a gap we need to fill so yeah he ticks he ticks he ticks plenty of boxes seen the the daily record reporting that not unsurprisingly that ross county don't want to leave them uh, let them go in january again mm-hmm. they'll be um they'll be looking i'm just trying bringing up the league just now that so the, yeah they're sitting 11th they're six points ahead of livingston and they've got two games in hand over Livingston. So they'll be thinking relatively comfortable away from the bottom place, but they don't want to go through that premiership playoff again. So mm. the they'll just be wanting to keep their best best players to ensure their safety in the premiership next season. So I do think it could be quite difficult to get them away. Wouldn't be the worst thing coming in because you, you talked about Grant and, uh, and Lowry. Hearts may be looking to replace Barry Mackay, who's been... Mm. Uh, he's been out for out for two months, but I do think, like I agree with you, that there's probably other areas of the team that are that are a bigger priority than 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 that centre midfielder. In Jan Danda, the good thing I like the thing I like about Danda is that his versatility is that he can, as he as we saw uh, recently, that he kind of played in kind of a wide role, but it was more central because he plays as a number 10. I think at County he's played as a number 8 as well, so he kind of fits into different midfield roles 
for to, to an extent, but he's also definitely best at number ten. And it yes, yeah, absolutely. It was crazy when he was getting played at like the base of midfield and stuff. Like that. That's just yeah. what you're doing. Like you know, they're playing like Shank on the right back or something. It's like what? what? <laughs> oh god, that did happen though in Belgium, didn't it? Yeah, he played right wing back. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, god, yeah. Too, what a world! I know what a world. Uh, yeah, so. I, I do think it makes it like again what Ian said. It makes so much, um, it makes so much sense. And, it, and the good thing is, is that it's not, it's not like a like sign them on a peak contract. It's like oh god, we really really need to get them into the in, into the team now. Like you said, there's there's players there. I think what will depend on is how long Barry McKay is out for, and then Grant as well because he's had these injury issues as well. So if these yeah. guys are going to miss a chunk of the second half of the season, then it becomes a bit more of a, a bit more for importance. But yeah, it's just it's one of those where you see a report and you think, yeah, that just makes a lot of sense. And even before coming into January, you're looking around and thinking, yeah, that just naturally when you are uh, watching Hearts and you, you pay attention to the other team, and he's someone that always seems to always seems to stick out. Um, yeah, it was a good time for his addition as well, isn't it? To turn up a time castle, yes, put a transfer window opens and play an absolute blinder. Like, yeah, that, that'll get you far, you know. <laughs> we'll move on to the right back position. As uh, Scott says here, the right back position is an interesting one. Is Atkinson fully in the plans going forward as our main man at right back, and therefore is right back signing going to be a backup in the fire vein, or do we go big? That's actually a really, really interesting question because mm. Atkinson. He was out of the plans under Nielsen towards the end of Nielsen's reign, and then as soon as Nasa came uh, came in, he was back in uh, back in his plans. And I do think we've seen some of Atkinson's best football since arriving at Tynecastle. Played under uh, under Naismith. I think he's came back from injury, and he's, he's he's looked really good. He's had a couple of um, a couple of iffy games or iffy moments within mm. games, but by and large, he's been he's been he's been he's been pretty good. And you've I think you've liked what you saw from him so far. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Like you say, I think particularly when he came back from the injury um, at the start of December, and obviously come playing through that very hectic and demanding fixture list, I thought he played well in most games. Not like you say, not all games. I think there was maybe one or two games he could have done a bit better, but on the whole, he's been excellent. And, and there's a reason why he's played almost every game there this season. Whenever he's been fit, you know, it's because he's the best option there. You know, yeah. like we touched on it plenty of times before. But Alan Forrest probably too much of a defender to be a wing back. Um, Toby, oh, sorry, uh, Toby Civic too much of a defender to be a wing back. Alan Forrest too much of an attacker to be a wing back. Atkinson's just right in that sweet spot. So I think that's that's what. And but obviously with him away at the, the Asian Cup, obviously it could get injured again. With fires away, Hearts that has to be the top priority. I believe it is. So the again to provide a bit more context on the on the question as well, because in terms of is Atkinson the main man going forward? I think. I there's, think there's, there's two elements to this, is that Naismith talked about how as soon as Atkinson, it was after the Celtic game, and we changed from having a back four to then going to a back three. I just don't think he um, saw an option other than Atkinson that was reliable enough at right back with a fire going back to back to Brighton. Sibix played there, but again, it's not his position. He's either a centre-back or a, a centre-mid. You've seen he's not suited at a, a, to a right wing-back. So I think Atkinson will be seen going forward as an uh, important member of the, uh, the, the squad, but maybe not a... Uh, uh, first team regular. I think it will depend on the formation. I think if you're playing a uh, back uh, back five of a wing back or back three with wing backs, 
I think Atkinson suits that more. I think Hearts may look to bring in someone who's more of a right back and maybe mm. more more defensively minded because then that would allow Naismith to play with a back four because we've seen even before Atkinson's injury in the back four, I thought at times we were pretty easy to get at and we, we, we saw in a, a few games where they uh, don't look as solid as we did in the back three. So that's why I think the, you might see someone who is, who's more of a right back than a wing back coming. Yeah, I would think so. I would think so. Like you say, I think that does make a lot more sense. Um, and again, in the games where Hart's going to have lots of the ball, we've seen Alan Forrest do a pretty good job there. Again, like like I said, earlier, yeah, there's definitely question marks over what he can do defensively. But if you're playing a, you know, like a Levy or a St. Johnston at home and you're going to have 70% possession, having someone like that who can slot in, there's a really good option to have. So yeah, I think you're right. It probably will be someone a little bit more defensively minded. As to who that might be, I mean, there's a couple of options, I think. Um, there's one that... Um, uh, well, there's, there's certainly one guy in, in particular I can think of that I think would do the job brilliantly, but I'm wary of saying his name because I, I don't because uh, he plays for my beloved Partick Thistle. <laughs> yes. It's, uh, I believe you've, you've got a big you've got a big soft spot for uh, Jack McMillan. I do indeed, yes, like most Partick Thistle fans. Um, for um, Hearts fans might remember him, he used to play at Livingston for, for a couple of seasons and he joined Thistle at the start of last season. He really came onto a game during the playoffs run, as many of the players did, but he's just, uh, I think he's an absolutely fantastic player and I think that chances are next season he's going to be playing Premiership football one way or the other because his contract's up at the end of the season. Um, I would be amazed if there aren't Premiership clubs sniffing about. And I just think he fits the bill for what can for what's needed at Hearts. I think defensively he's solid enough. Um, but And then going forward as well, that's been one of the like um, sort of main kind of attacking weapons in Thistle's arsenal has been Jack McMillan's underlapping runs up the right-hand side because basically what happens is Stevie Lawless, who's a technical player, can get on the ball, can hold on to it. He moves out to the right, he gets a hold of it, draws the man, McMillan bombs beyond him, gets slid in, and then more often than not scores or assists. Um, I mean, So he's a, he's a right-back by trade. Um, this season, he's got two goals and three assists. And last season... He ended up with five goals and ten assists. Yeah, he, 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 at uh, last season, it it took me by surprise because I just thought he was he was an, an average an average right back who was either a um an average right back who was one of those who could flip between Championship and lower Premiership bottoms kind of low uh, like bottom six Premiership, and then he just in the second half of the last season seemed to turn into James Tavenier off the Championship. Yeah, no, yeah, like he's just been like, like you say, I think he had a relatively. I think when they signed, people were kind of like, all right, yeah, that's a good signing, fine. That, you know, for a championship level team, that's a good signing. And then he just doesn't really put a foot wrong, you know, and he's been doing it for a long time. Like, that's a year and a half where he's barely missed a game. He's basically plays every minute of every game and he's con- consistently um that really good threat so again like like you say he's he's more definitely more suited to playing in a back four he has played in a back five previously but is that kind of right back in a back four he links up really well with with the wingers um you know somebody like for instance Yotaro Oda could definitely benefit from having um like someone like McMillan bombing on beyond him so well part of me hopes oh yeah I hope it doesn't happen (laughs) but um certainly if it was announced by Hearts that they've managed to get a hold of him. 
uh, Hearts fans could be very pleased about that one for sure. We'll wait and see, but yeah, I, I think I, I think this. Uh, I don't think he'll, he'll turn up at Hearts. But you, you never know. Uh, my, my prediction is he's at uh, Derek McKenna signals for Kamarnik next uh, next summer. Um, oh, maybe that's a good yeah, show. Yeah, yeah he's, 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 he's <laughs> strikes, he strikes. He, he strikes me as a very McKenna uh, signing. Uh, just on on right backs. Um, Jamie Flatman ask any promising right backs from the B team that might fill the right back void while the Asian Cup is on. So Adam Forrester is the is the one that's caught a lot of attention in the B team played in the 12 0 win over uh, Edinburgh University on Friday night. I was I, I was there, but it was it was hard to it's it's hard to kind of judge um, mm-hmm. a player and his potential when the other team are so poor and uh, flattening on the team sick, uh, 12 now. But he was on the bench uh, for the Viaplay Cup semi-final, so he's there and thereabouts. I don't think he'll fill the void while the Asian Cup's on. I think it's very much the, the, a player will be brought in. If it's not for the Spartans game, then you would imagine the Dundee or Aberdeen game that there'll be um, a signing made. So while he is highly rated, I don't think he is in the uh, kind of plans to make that step up just yet in the way that Aiden, Aiden Denham has or Macaulay Tate has or Finlay Pollock. Now he's come back. So, but he, I think he's definitely one to keep an eye on. Sticking with the B team, Mackenzie Kirk has left to join Hamilton Aki's on loan. I understand that he will sign a contract extension. That's why I've not been announced by Hearts, but his contract runs out at the end of the season. I think that's a it's a big move for him because he has he's taken the Lowland League by storm. I think it was 26 goals, 27 if you include his one in the SPFL Trust trophy. I think the, 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 the step-ups needed. It's, it's almost like he's completed the Lowland League with his performances over the, like this season. The last season he had a good, a good record as well. I still think he was a wee bit away from the the first team at Hearts. I haven't watched him. I think he's uh, the lonely to the uh, to the first uh, the third best team in the Premiership was uh, was always going to be a big jump. Yeah, I just think f- like physically, I think there's 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 areas to work on and his kind of all round play. I still think there's areas to develop. The main thing is is that. This is a guy who gets in very good areas. He's a goal scorer. He's the amount of goals he has scored from uh, the like within this, uh, this um, the, between the posts and um, between eight and um, like four, five, six, seven, eight yards out is incredible. Uh, which is a great quality to have. That's not something you need to develop, but you can develop the rest of the game. Aki's, I think, is uh, it's, it's an ideal jumping point because you're looking at halfway between the Lone League and the Premiership and he's working with John Rankin who he worked with uh, previously at Hearts and you're also going in a team who do create a lot of chances but again you will learn that other side of the game. Yeah no exactly I think that like you say it's probably that other side of the game that's probably more important for a player like like, uh, like Kirk at that who you know, yeah, he's played Lowland League football. Okay, yeah, you're playing against men there, but it's still there's still a bit of a golf. I, I would maybe not a, a golf, but you know, there is a difference between League One and you know the Lowland fitness, physicality, absolutely. Yeah, there's a massive difference. So yeah, it's a, like you say, it's a good. I think it's a good loan for him. I think it's a good level. Mm-hmm. Um, and like you say, he's, he's likely to get game time there as well, which is important. He's working with a coach that knows him as well. That can only help. Um, and it'll just be fascinating to see how he gets on because you'd like to think if he does well on this. 
if he does well between now and the end of the season, that then maybe goes, okay, maybe next season he gets a loan stint at the Championship, or if he does really well, maybe a team at the bottom end of the Premiership, or if he does fantastically well, yeah. maybe you just or you promote him into the, the senior squad. So yeah, yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, oh, and I would just like to well, just uh, officially apologise to Mackenzie Kirk, who I'm, I'm sure he's a regular listener, I'm sure he doesn't listen to an episode, um, just because I always thought his name had a C in it, and it's not, I've been misspelling it for the last couple of months. I, it's absolutely it, terrible. The, uh, I, I'm, 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 I've, I've clocked it and I'm, I meant to mention to you, but uh, I don't want to out you on the the, the show. Oh, right, so I've just like, publicly disgraced myself for no reason. Yeah, you probably disgraced yourself rather than me doing it, so that's, that makes excellent. me feel a lot better. But yeah, it's um, the, the, the C through me for a while, the, the, the lack of C mm. through me for a while. I think there's also the knock-on effect of Kirk's move to... Hamilton has been uh, will be James Wilson, the tolerated teenager who was wanted by clubs down south. Hearts got him on an extended deal. He was on the bench for the Livingston game. He's a striker. He's so with Kurt going, he's now stepped up to he'll be step up to the B team and probably be the 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 main striker. And it opens up the that pathway for him to take on more responsibility, have a wee bit more pressure, play at a higher level on a consistent basis as a starter. And he got off to he got off to a very um, he got off to a great start, and he filled the Mackenzie Kirk role very very well because he got a hat trick against Edinburgh University. Could have could have had more. Uh, he, he skied one in the in the second half, but he he scored a couple of goals that are very Kirk like being a kind of predatory uh, striker in the six yard box, but also a couple of really tidy finishes and was was getting involved. So uh, with um, that's, I think, what Hearts want to have is that if one player kind of moves up or goes on loan, that they've got another one player, another player coming from the 18s or um, in the background who can then step up. So it's encouraging on that aspect. Finally, we will talk about the only other thing that's really been happening is Andy Halliday was linked yeah. with a move to Livingston. If nothing's really progressed on that from what I can, uh, from what I can see, but the I don't think it's any surprise that Andy Halliday was linked with a move away. No, no. I mean, is he? Has he played this season? He has played. He has played, but he's so he's 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 not played. Uh, I can't. I'm just I'm just trying to work out when the last time he was. He, he did. It's certainly been a few months anyway. Yeah. It's been a good wee while. Um, so yeah, he's not he's not played. He doesn't appear to be in these nice plans. Livingston are desperate for players. Obviously, he's got um, that connection with Livingston having come through there as a youth player as well back in the day. So, yeah, makes sense. Um, I think if Hearts can offload him, um, it, would, it would seem to be prudent to do so. Just say that we freeze up a bit of money in the wage bill, gets a guy who's not playing out the building. You know, it's good for good for him, good for Naismith, good for the team. Yeah, not not, not surprising at all. To be honest, the only surprise would be if come February first, if he's still at Tynecastle, that would be a surprise. But. Apart from that, yeah, makes a lot of sense. Yeah, absolutely. Halliday's an interesting one in that. Do I think he could have contributed to this season by uh, in, in, in some games uh, with, his, with his qualities? Yeah, but I think so. I probably think he's um, he, he was a good option at times. The, the big one was the, the Hibs game, obviously, coming on at, at left back. I think he has proven over his time at Tynecastle that he's a reliable reliable player, he's a trustworthy player and you, you, you kind of, like I said, you, you'd rely on him to do to do a job or any job than his versatility. But, I mean, it's it's one of those where he, he'll want to play. 
he'll want to go somewhere where he can put himself in the shop window because his contract's up at the end of the summer. And for Hearts, if they move on, uh, barely even a squad like and a fringe player that opens yeah. up the gap, opens up space for uh, the likes of Macaulay Tate and Finlay Pollock or others to be involved more in the first team and potentially get more opportunities. So yeah, it's it does seem to make uh, a, does seem to make a lot of sense. I think that is it. Obviously, the uh, well, not obviously, but yesterday Hearts B announced the signing of a Canadian midfielder, uh, Lennon Thompson. Um, the surnames of two ex-Celtic players that uh, um, like that, that's what caught my eye about it. But it does <laughs> seem like it's um, maybe one for the future. In that he had a short trial with Hearts, and now he, the nineteen-year-old, is on a deal until the end of the season. One that could obviously a potential opportunity for him to sign uh, or get a longer deal in the future. But other than that, that is what has been happening regarding Hearts and the January transfer window. We will probably be back next week with another... We'll probably do this on a weekly basis, kind of looking at Hearts and the January transfer window, unless some uh, the right-back progresses or someone leaves or someone comes in. So until... Wednesday when we might hand out some awards of the first half of the season, have a wee bit of fun with that, we will see you then, be sure to check out heartstandard.co.uk with a lot of content going up gone up last week and content going up this week including so you've got Lauren, um, James Kearney on Lauren Shankland and why Hearts cannot uh, afford to uh, can't sell them or cannot afford to sell them and then a piece on Looking at what Jan Dan would bring to Hearts going up tomorrow. And I've got an interview with Stephen Naismith about the Academy, which should go up on Wednesday. He is talking about the pathway from the 18s, the B team, into the first team and kind of looking at stuff that maybe Hearts have got wrong in the past and things that he's looking to implement. So there will be plenty of stuff to get your teeth into until Wednesday when we will do another video. Thank you very much and goodbye.